Hey, it's Ralph here. Q1 is now closing and it probably didn't go as well as you had hoped, but I'm sure your agency is probably telling you that they crushed it. But in reality, it crushed you. If your agency isn't on the same page as you are, if there's something wrong, but you can't quite put your finger on what that thing is, go on over to tier11.com forward slash apply. It will set you up on a call to show you a better way to look at your business, not just metrics that make us agencies look good, but something that actually moves the needle and makes you more money, acquires more new customers, and ultimately achieves your vision. Head on over to tier11.com forward slash apply today. The problem is, is they have a very clear monopoly. And so in maximizing the value of their inventory, they're charging money for traffic over and above what an auction would dictate that they charge. And they're charging that based off of what you've told them that you're willing to spend. You're listening to Perpetual Traffic. Well, there is no question that when it comes to influence and persuasion in digital marketing, no one, and I mean no one, commands more respect than Dr. Robert Cialdini. If you have never read his books, Influence and Persuasion, I swear you are missing so much in your digital marketing, not only as an influencer and an advertiser, but as just a great marketer. And that's why I'm so excited to invite you to a free webinar where he'll be sharing his latest insights on new e-commerce strategies. Now, alongside Dr. Cialdini, you'll learn from Bass Wouters and the authors of Reputation King, my buddy Scott Branley and DJ Sprague. Attendees will absolutely be able to understand exactly how to gain a competitive edge in the marketplace by leveraging online reputation management. Now, that's something that we haven't talked about here on this show all that much. And it's more reason for you to register for the webinar here, which is completely free over at reputationking.com forward slash PT. So join us on April 18th from 12 noon to 2 p.m. Eastern. That's 9 a.m. to 11 a.m. Pacific for you West Coasters by registering at reputationking.com forward slash PT. Once again, that's reputationking.com forward slash PT. Cialdini has been a huge influence on me. and I can't wait to see how his new e-commerce strategies resonate with you and how they affect your business in a positive way using reputation management. Make sure that you register for the April 18th free webinar at reputationking.com forward slash PT. Hello and welcome to Perpetual Traffic. I'm your host, Kasim Aslam, and today is Soapbox Day. I actually want to respond to a recent article from the Wall Street Journal. The title reads, Google offers concessions to fend off U.S. antitrust lawsuit. And the short version of a long story is Google told the U.S. Justice Department that they will move their auction business into a separate entity still held by Alphabet. And the hope is that that move is going to satiate the bloodlust from the U.S. Department of Justice. There have been other antitrust suits that are filed or hinted at. Um, I think in 2020, the U.S. government filed uh, antitrust charges against the company. And I'm quoting the, an article from The Verge. That said, nothing has ever been done. And I want to talk to you as an advertiser, because I'm assuming that you're spending money on Google or you wouldn't be listening to this. And I will tell you that, first of all, I'm a Google Ads agency. So this actually hurts me to say. So, you know, whatever whatever partiality exists, know that I'm taking my Google Ad agency hat off and I'm putting on my rabid libertarian hat for just a moment. And what I'll say is Google's monopoly 
absolutely hurts advertisers. What's more is there's no solution in sight as is currently being proposed, either by Google or or the U.S. Department of Justice. Because what the U.S. Department of Justice is doing is they're making an attempt at, at, at forcing Google to play in an ecosystem where other marketing mechanisms are allowed to compete. But the issue with that is, is nothing is ever going to be as effective as Google. And so the way to address something like this is instead of letting other people enter the Coliseum with Google, they're going to lose anyway. So it almost doesn't matter. What should happen, in my very soft opinion, is Google's auction should be opened up in a way that allows for far less artificial regulate regulation from Google internally. And let me explain that further. What we have here is an obvious monopoly that's that's near impossible to break at the moment. And I think a change of context, by the way, could very easily take down Google, but a change of context isn't on the horizon. And and what I mean by that is, you know, Google owns the internet in its current manifestation, which is seen through a screen. But, you know, what happens with augmented reality and virtual reality, I think is going to change that pretty significantly. And they're well positioned to segue into that, but they might not, who knows, we'll see. But until we experience that change of context, Google is going to own the advertising ecosystem and landscape. They own the eyeballs. You've heard this quote before from me, if you've ever listened to Perpetual Traffic, the Google Display Network reaches 90% of all internet users on the planet. 65% of them are reached on a daily basis. It is the most ubiquitous thing online. And so instead of trying to, to allow other advertising networks the opportunity to play in this display-based ecosystem, the way to fix this is to make the display-based ecosystem less regulated by Google. So what Google's doing is the absolute definition of price fixing. Google has something, and, and, and you can actually, what's really interesting is they don't hide this at all, which is smart, by the way, because you know an open-air conspiracy is far more difficult to take down when you provide all the, the information on the front end. I'll cite the Federal Reserve as an example. Google has something called ad rank thresholds. Here's what this means. If Google was an auction, a true auction, uh, 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 an auction based off of the, you know Google's the, the core thesis behind Google's auction used to be the Vickery auction model, which says the second highest this, the the highest bidder wins the auction but pays the second highest bidder's price. Now that's been bastardized to a degree beyond recognition through mechanisms like the ad rank thresholds. And what the thresholds require, or what the thresholds dictate, I should say, is regardless of who else is in the auction you will still pay a minimum based off of other variables. And I'm using air quotes when I say other variables because really it, it narrows down to whatever the hell Google wants you to pay. And the ad rank thresholds, I'm looking at Google's documentation here, they're based off of various factors, including, this is not an exhaustive list, by the way, but various factors, including your ad quality, the ad position, user signals and attributes, such as location and device type. So they're going to charge you based off of the value of the users that you want to target. So if you're targeting somebody in North America, that's probably a more valuable commercial prospect than targeting somebody in an emerging nation, given you know expendable income thresholds. The topic and nature of search and related auctions. So really what Google's getting at is we know what people are worth and we know what the eyeballs are worth. And we're going to charge you what we believe they're worth regardless of who else is competing. That's not an auction at least not not in the purest sense of its definition. And Google ends this article by saying, this means that depending on your ad quality and ad rank thresholds, your ad could be relatively expensive, even when no ads show immediately below it. So this ad rank threshold, and this is my beef, is with both search and display. 
The ad rank threshold gives Google the opportunity to charge you whatever they want to charge you as long as they feel that you're going to pay it. And here's what's frustrating about the way that Google is structured. You tell Google what you're willing to pay. Now, that alone, imagine an auction where the auctioneer actually profits from the results of the auction and you tell the auctioneer your bid threshold. Like, what world do we live in that anybody would would agree to those terms? And yet, that's exactly what we're doing with Google. Hey, bro, here's exactly what I'm willing to, to, to spend up to the penny and go ahead and do what you think is best. And so here's Google spending exactly what what they can get away with. Here's, let's make it a little bit worse. Google doesn't just know what you're willing to spend. Google knows what you make. And and they know what you make. And, and it's not true for all advertisers, but I think at this point it's true for, for most. Most advertisers, and especially in the e-com space, but most advertisers are giving Google, they're giving Google data that equates to gross and potential net profitability. Gross profitability because Google can see what a product is worth and then net profitability because you're setting minimum thresholds from a ROAS perspective, which allows Google to reverse engineer your margins. And and then because Google's able to triangulate, you know, build a knowledge graph, Google, they can see from an industry by industry perspective who the most efficient person is and then they're going to charge according to that efficiency. So what this means is Google's not even going to bill you according to their minimum thresholds, they are equipped, and I'm not saying that they're doing this, I'd have no way to prove it. I don't know. This is all, you know, black box algorithm stuff. But but the point that I'd like to make is it would actually be hard to not build it this way. Imagine that you're a software engineer and you're trying to maximize the efficiency of an ad network. You would have to intentionally set out not to build it the way that I'm telling you that they've built it. And I'd actually really welcome somebody to challenge me on that. Google's they're going to try to maximize the value of their inventory. Of course, that's what any business would do. The problem is, is they have a very clear monopoly. And so in maximizing the value of their inventory, they're charging money for traffic over and above what an auction would dictate that they charge. And they're charging that based off of what you've told them that they're willing, you're willing to spend. And A, and then B, more dangerously, what they know you make. Google knows your margins, your profitability. They know the lifetime value of a prospect of a customer because they're a data acquisition machine. And so regardless of what thresholds you offer them, and what's really interesting too about the Google ecosystem is Google, according to the terms of service you agree with when you go to advertise on Google, can overspend. In the documentation, it used to say they can overspend by 250%, but they've actually lifted that cap too. There's no stated ceiling on the amount that Google can or will overspend. And so you have an obvious monopoly that's price fixing. They're price fixing. So the way to the way to rectify this, because we've had monopolies in the past. We've had a ton of them. We've had Carnegie Steel, Rockefeller Standard Oil. We've had AT&T. And addressing the monopoly from the outside, trying to quote unquote break it up, doesn't work the way that, that we've structured the breakups. Because in m- many instances, you actually just end up making them stronger. So what we should do instead is, is disallow the the gerrymandering that, that that's happening internally. And so if Google were, and God forgive me for using this word, but if Google were regulated and forced to sell their traffic in a true auction environment based not on what we're willing to pay or how much we make, but based on who's actually willing to pay for their traffic. If, if it were a true auction model, 
that's the way to even the playing field. And, and what's really interesting is I really mean that. That would benefit smaller advertisers far more than big advertisers because big advertisers can scale into the system that Google has created. As a matter of fact, big advertisers are the ones that are setting these, these ceilings or floor, depending on how you look at it. Meaning the, ad, the big advertiser makes more money, banks on LTV, can deal with a longer path to purchase. And so Google's going to base their, their thresholds. Again, I have no way of proving this. This is, this is conjecture. But y'all, it's not, it's not uneducated conjecture. You know, I've been doing this for a decade. I've got one of the top-ranked Google Ads agencies on the planet. We have $54 million in ad spend. I can see some of what's going on. And so this is intrinsically qualified information, let's say. If Google's auction were truly opened up, that would be the way to create an organic and fair ecosystem. Because you're not going to be able to break them up any other way without without doing something that flies in the face of what we have as a society accepted as good form capitalism. Let's say you can't take somebody's business from them, and you can't take facets of that business and you know just just cut them off, just cut off the appendage. But what Google's offering now is it's window dressing, and it's embarrassing. What what they what we should be driving towards and for is putting Google in a position where they can't squeeze us for profitability based off of the data that they only have because of their monopoly. So if they're not allowed or not able to use that data, and instead they have to bill us according to what an auction would dictate, that puts us in a position of actually paying what the click is worth instead of paying what Google knows we are worth. And I know that's a, a pretty bold change, but I don't, I don't think it's impossible. And this podcast, by the way, gets enough lift that I actually think that this type of message could get in front of somebody with, with the ability to impact change. And so if that's you or if you know somebody like that and you don't mind sharing it, I'd be eternally grateful to you. Because I do think that, first of all, I'm a, I'm a, as you obviously know, I'm a fan of Google. You know, I mean, it, it, it's the, the, the window to the, the lexicon of the world's knowledge. And what they've done is amazing. It's amazing. And I don't think Google is evil. And I don't think there's anybody there that's intentionally trying to, you know, rip us off. But I do think that you have an entity that's gotten so big that it's near impossible for it not to continue to force efficiency. And in so doing, they've, they've built, they've built the Leviathan and, and we need to, we need to rectify that. And the way to do that is to reinstate an organic ecosystem where what we pay is not dictated by what Google knows we will pay or should pay based off of the industry's profitability, but instead by what an organic market would indicate should be the cost of that traffic. And it, if you watch that happen, it, it would create massive margin in so many industries. And it actually might price some industries out. Those, those industries are already priced out, so I guess it doesn't matter. Anyway, that's my soapbox moment. I'd love to know what you think. You can go to perpetualtraffic.com forward slash better. Give me feedback. Let me know something I've done well, but maybe more to the point where I can improve. And uh, please keep listening to Perpetual Traffic. Y'all are the ones that are making this podcast so great. Don't forget to subscribe and leave a rating wherever it is that you're listening. Follow me and Ralph. Ralph is on Twitter at RalphHB at Kasamaslam. Go back and listen to previous rep episodes. All the resources that I talked about here are going to be in the show notes at perpetualtraffic.com. And uh, really appreciate you tuning in. I will see you next time. Until then, peace. You've been listening to Perpetual Traffic. 